Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you all. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the week ahead. And it's quite the week, actually, as I was sitting down yesterday looking at what might be the energies for the week ahead. I noticed there was a big focus on Capricorn. So I thought it was a great opportunity for us to spend some time today talking about Capricorn and what it means for Mars to be moving through there and for other planets. And then giving us an opportunity as well to connect that idea of Capricorn in astrology to Capricorn in human design and the gene keys uh, where we get astro design. So we get to see how the two, uh, three disciplines work together. And uh, looking out there, I see people starting to join us. Good morning to Susie and Pam. And I'm, I'm wondering how everybody's weekend was. It was a good weekend for me. We had a great day on Saturday looking at wedding dresses for my daughter, who's scheduled to get married in October, October 2nd. And uh, what fun, right? I felt like we were at a fashion show. There were... Um, uh, my other daughter and her daughter and uh, my daughter that's getting married's daughter and her daughter's best friend and my daughter's best friend. And they were we were all sitting in this row <laughs> along this little stage, it looked like, and waiting for Jennifer to emerge from the dressing room wearing the various dresses. And it was fun. It was so much fun and just something that, you know, in the times of uh, of COVID where, you know, there weren't any weddings really going on, at least not uh, the kind that we're used to having. It was fun to be able to anticipate a big event uh, such as a wedding coming up. And you'll remember that it was on Christmas when we were celebrating our family Christmas where she was proposed to. So it was <laughs> like the next step in all of that. I, however, did not try on uh, dresses. I'm not quite ready to figure out the mother of the bride stuff yet. Uh, but it was uh, fun anyway, and uh, so that was a good day. And then yesterday, I just got to hang out and do the things that I wanted to do, uh, partly which is, you know, get some of my diamond painting done that I'm making. <sighs> and then suddenly it's over, right? Then suddenly it comes to Monday. But here we are. We get a chance to be together and talk about things astrological. So this morning, how I think I'm going to run this is we are going to talk about the week ahead first, kind of in the broader picture. And then we're going to uh, focus in on Capricorn energy. What is that? And what does that look like in our human design? And then we'll take a look back at the moon and what are we starting the week with? So um, the reason uh, I want to do it that way is that we are having a void of course moon today and the moon right now in libra and she will be shifting to the sign of scorpio a little bit later on and because scorpio has a lot of focus this year uh, especially with the nodes having just moved there last week uh, across taurus and scorpio the south node being the one in scorpio uh, i thought it might be a good idea to take a deeper look at scorpio so today we're going to look deeper into two different signs uh, although I didn't do the human design part of Scorpio, maybe we'll continue that on another day. Uh, all right. So uh, I see more of you joining us. Good morning to JLo, Amanda J, Tanya Hardiman. She said my weekend was good. Ursula, good morning to you. Um, greetings from California, Susie says. And uh, let's see, I'm ready to go back to maybe California to the sun. 
we kind of got this fog thing going on here where you just feel like you're sort of packed in in clouds. It's not raining. It's not warm. It's cold and it's foggy. Just London kind of weather, I feel like. Tammy Smith says, good morning, everyone. If you haven't had your 2022 reading with Janet, arrange it now. Awesome information I received on Friday. Thank you so much, Tammy. Uh, it helps you feel more prepared and ready to navigate the year ahead. And we're winding that down, of course. This is the last week that it will be available. Actually, um, on you can book it all the way up through the 31st of January. Even if you, well, obviously at that point you would have the reading in February, but uh, I'll take it off of the uh, uh, readings that you can have as of the end of this month. It, a lot of work goes into those readings. If you've not had one, if you have had one, you understand, you can see it's all a, sort of a handwritten report and we are looking at a lot of different things in your chart. And if you have had one or haven't had one already, um, then this is a good time to do that as the energy is still, you know, in the process of shifting and you can get an idea of what is shifting and where it's shifting in your own personal chart. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Tammy, good morning, Michelle. And um, J-Lo says, mine was sleeping for most of the long hours after, I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe we're having to talk with someone. Kamal, good morning to you. It's been a while. We haven't seen you. So it's great to have you with us this morning. So let's take a look at the week ahead and why it was that I thought Capricorn would be something interesting for us to focus on. We start the week today, Monday, the 24th, with Mars, the planet of action and forward momentum, moving into the sign of Capricorn. And we're going to take a look deeper at what does that mean for all of us. But let me just say, of all the planets that move in, in and out of Capricorn, the sun, of course, just having finished that transit, um, Mars is a really good one. He is what we say is exalted in uh, the sign of Capricorn. And so we'll take a look at what that means and how that can be very helpful for us getting ready to move forward in this particular year. Um, Tuesday, 25th, Mercury in retrograde in Aquarius right now will move backward, retrograding into Capricorn again. Remember, he will finish his retrograde in Capricorn at 24 degrees. So he still has a little bit of time. He's not out of retrograde until the 3rd, or his last day of retrograde is the 3rd of February. So we still have another week or so, two, yeah, a week or so of um, Mercury in retrograde, but he will change from the idea air orientation of Aquarius into the more practical and pragmatic energy of Capricorn. And we've already had Mercury in Capricorn, right? We have almost the entire, well, we had the entire transit through Capricorn, but he retrograded at 20, uh, well, he retrograded uh, in Aquarius, but he's been through this period or the this set of uh, degrees before. So we are getting sort of a redo, uh, a review of what energy was happening back in December. Wednesday, 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 Jupiter, who has been sitting in the gate 55 in your, your human design, which is the gate of faith, um, the gate of abundance, the gate of spirit, or the uh, the idea that our abundance comes from the emotional state that we are in and not from anything that we do. So when we see a gate of abundance in the emotional center, it tells us that a, a great part of 
how we manifest in our lives or how we attract abundance is by aligning our emotions. So always interesting. And then Jupiter sitting there for a while has been growing that part of ourselves, right? That growth of uh, our awareness of abundance being an attraction based partly in our emotions, partly on how our mind is aligned. But it all begins, of course, in the heart center where it is that we choose what it is that we want to focus on. Well, Jupiter's moving out of the gate 55 and into the gate 37, also a gate on the emotional center. And it's sometimes called the gate of peace and serenity. And it is a gate where the energies join up with a community of like-minded people that are here to create peace or a peaceful coexistence finding your peeps really i think it's part of a channel where we sometimes say it's the part that finds its whole and or a part seeking a whole so jupiter's focus then in the gate 37 is going to help align us with peace and with our uh, correct communities let's hope anyway and then thursday thursday on the pleiadian earth calendar we will be completing the energy of one choosing that began uh back ooh, i don't even remember the day that that happened guys do you let's see here one choosing began on uh january 15th so we're completing that 13 day period of time by moving into 13 planting the 13 day remember is the day where we go inward and we um, integrate all of the lessons from those 13 pre previous days and we prepare for the new week, which will happen on Friday at one moving. If you were watching the show on Friday, you saw Pia and Cullen from the Pleiadian Earth uh, Energy Calendar and Astrology talking about what one moving energy is going to be uh, stirring up for us, especially because it's a very powerful energy that stirs up change. And that happens just a few days before we enter into the collective shadow period. So that is another very powerful time where we are uh, facing our shadows and have to move through the transformation process, letting go of the fear, letting go of baggage to be able to come out at the other end uh, and embark on a new journey, right? Fearless or as fearless as we can be. So that'll happen on Thursday. Friday, of course, is one moving, but also Mercury retrograde will conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. So we have another powerful day with the planet conjuncting the planet of transformation and power. Uh, we also begin a new human design week there. Remember on Friday, we talked about starting the new human design year as well as the new human design week with the gate 41, which is a gate of imagination that allows us to coalesce some of our ideas and the things up here sort of circulating in our imagination and bring it into the real world. And then from the 41 of this week, we move into the 19, which is an interesting it's an interesting gate. It sits actually on the root center. So it is an impulse, right? It is a pressure pushing us outward uh, in a direction of what's new or what we can sort of divine that's coming up from the unseen realm. So it's a connection that we have as human beings to our intuition, but also to the sensitivity, the direction the winds are blowing, if you will. So for some people, who are familiar with the term the morphogenetic fields, 
it the 19 can sometimes have their sort of finger on the pulse of what it is that's coming next what's the next trends the next fad and can be ready and prepared to move in that direction personally the gate 19 though often takes us on a, an adventure through discovering our needs and our desires and aligning ourselves with those things so that we can begin that real powerful creative process then on saturday venus who is in the sign of capricorn in retrograde will come to her station and turn direct so she'll be moving out of the retrograde and then begin her process of moving back forward through the sign of Capricorn. So we have a lot of Capricorn, a lot, a lot, a lot of Capricorn. Uh, and that'll be on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have the sun in a square to Uranus. That might bring up some challenges, but it can also help shine a very powerful spotlight, i.e. the sun, on what it is that we need to change or liberate ourselves from in order to be who we want to be, live our lives according to ourselves, to let go of the past. And remember, Uranus is in Taurus and the sun is in Aquarius. So we have two fixed signs coming into loggerheads, right? That challenge. So the challenge might be to address the places where we have been stuck or where we have felt stuck or where we feel like we don't have uh, a full range of motion. So taking a look at that in our lives and finding where that is in your own chart so that you might understand more about how you can continue the process of releasing or the process of awakening or the process of liberation. So kind of fun. Uh, let's see, Jennifer Peachy, good morning to you. Uh, Kamal Lodi says, I want to know about my Mars in which house? Uh, okay, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, Susie Gemini says, I'm listening while doing stuff, not typing. Pam says, so 374119 activates three of my centers. Should I be excited? Well, what's activating in your, it must be the root center and the 37 would activate your emotional center. But I think what you mean is they are connecting to a channel. So it's turning on uh, possibly the sacral or the spleen as well as the emotional center, what have you, right? So yes, you should be excited. You should always be excited because life is kind of exciting. Um, but you also need to be aware because if it's turning on a center that is normally not defined, not colored in, then what's happening is now you have access to energy in a way you can broadcast this energy, but it isn't your natural energy. It isn't your, um, your own authority or your own authentic self that's broadcasting. It's a temporary broadcast based on energy that you're borrowing, either from transiting planets or from people that you're with. So while it gives you access to being more, let's say, emotional, uh, if it's the emotional center, more busy, if it's the sacral center, uh, more grounded, if it's the root center, or more pressured, if it's the root center, and or if it's the spleen, more uh, concerned with um, health or with intuition, maybe you're more intuitive, but also maybe more fear coming up, you want to realize that that's only temporary for however long the planets sit at that particular gate. So um, when you, you know, get, if you get used to behaving with that energy uh, in a specific way, and then that energy drops off because the planet moved on, then it can feel like something's been removed or that you're not as golden as you were. So you always have to remember 
that you can be easily, we all can easily become conditioned by energies that come in temporarily, um, but are not our own natural energy. So yes, you can be powerful and use those energies, but recognize that that's what's happening. And don't, don't, don't let it overplay or override your own strategy or your of your type or your own authority in your human design. So I hope that makes sense. If not, let me know in the uh, chat. And so yes, a reason to be excited, Pam, but also one to be cautious so that you're not overdoing things, right? Or over committing your time or your energy to something. And Gayla, good morning. JLo says, I'm excited today. Uh, exact. I'm today is exact for my radiance. Oh, the sun is exact for your radiance, which is a gene key term, right? A gene key term. The radiance is a representation of the sun on your life purpose. So you could also say that your life purpose is triggered today or is uh, coming up for you. And purpose 31 and lucky me with a lunar return yesterday and I relaxed all day. Self-care. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gayla Seeger, um, I love all those little emoticons. I'm not sure where you get those because I never see those ones, but lovely. Um, okay, so uh, that gives us kind of an, an interesting look at the week ahead. I hope you noticed how many times I said Capricorn, Mars into Capricorn, Mercury retrograde back into Capricorn, uh, Mercury retrograde conjunct Pluto in Capricorn, and then Venus direct in Capricorn. We got a theme going here. So let's take a look a little bit deeper at the sign of Capricorn. And before we go into the more astrological part of it, let's look at the human design part of it. So I'm going to share my screen here with you for in just a moment so I can show you um, the Capricorn gates in human design. So in the middle here, you're probably getting used to seeing this, most of you anyway. This is a human design mandala. And on the inner part of the mandala, you see the human design body graph. And in it, all of the energy centers and all of the gates. On the inner ring here, you see the gate numbers. And when they are defined by a planet, they turn on like this in these little sectors right here that kind of look like it resembles the houses in human design, in uh, astrology, but it's not houses. It's just a gate that has been activated by a planet. And today I activated them, even if there wasn't a planet there, because I wanted to show what the Capricorn gates were. And we'll talk about each one of those here in a moment. Then on the next layer of the ring, you see what the Chinese hexagram is in the I Ching. So the I Ching being the one of the bases of human design and each one of the gates in human design is equated to a changing hexagram or hexagram in the I Ching. And so you see that out here. And then on the outer ring, the uh, astrological sign that is equated to the Chinese hexagrams, the human design gates. So here in this picture, we get to bring them all together in a coherent sort of way. So you start to get to see the bigger picture and the more that you get to know your own charts, your own human design, your own gene keys, uh, and your own astrology, of course, then you get a better picture. You get to understand more about what this is a picture of. Now, for um, the time being, if you have your human design, this is the part of the mandala that we're going to look at, or we're going to look at these, these three centers, the uh, head center, 
the identity center and the root center. So you want to have those in, in front of you so you can see how yours is set up. So you might know how these are going to affect you. And as well, your astrological chart. In your astrological chart, you want to find Capricorn, um, which in the symbol here does not look anything like the number 76. But in the charts that I typically send to you, the symbol looks very much like the number 76. And uh, that makes it sort of easy to stand out in the chart. So taking a look at those things, then let's start to look at what the gates are of Capricorn and why they're important. So the first um, order of, of gates is important because they, they're always, planets are always going to move in uh, from the first gate of the sign and then move through. In human design, the planets that move retrograde do spend a longer period of time in certain gates and can also go backwards through the various lines that further define the gate. So when you look at your own human design chart, you'll see sometimes, in fact, even right here, you can see these little tick lines in the um, uh, little pie slice here. And those little tick marks represent the lines so there's the line one, which is the investigator line. There's the line two, that is the hermit line. The line three, that is more of the experiencer or the experimenter. Uh, the line four, which is the foundation line called the opportunist. Then there is the fifth line that is kind of the, um, the, the line of karma, karmic expression, uh, the karmic mirror more. And then the line six, which is the role model line. So that further kind of refines, if you will, how the um, planet is going to express itself, sort of like the degrees of the astrology wheel that kind of further define, especially if you look at the Sabian symbols, let's say, and that further defines each degree of the wheel. So we're not going to get into that layer of detail today, but in your own charts, you'll notice, depending on what type of chart, human design chart you have, it's either going to say a number like 27.12345 or 6, or it will look like a little exponent 27 with the exponent 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, or 6. So I hope that makes sense for everybody. I'll go back and check the chat in a minute and make sure everybody's on the same uh, path as I am here. And so when we look at the gate that is the opening gate for the sign of Capricorn, it starts here in the identity center. And the identity center is the diamond that sits in the center of your uh, human design. Sometimes we call it the G center. It is called the, um, the identity center. It's also a center for love and direction. And so when we see the gate 10, which is the opening gate of Capricorn, the opening gate here is about self-love. So the gate of self-love is the first gate that Mars will trigger as he moves in here uh, today. So the gate of self-love is a direction that tells us that we, in order to move outward, to find direction in our life, we have to be loving, right? We have to start with the love of self. And when we have the love of self, then we can go out in several directions, right? We can take that energy upward to the throat, uh, which then can go either upward through the head centers or back down in through the emotional center. It can move to the will center. It can move 
down through some of the other gates here into the sacral or down to the spleen. So really self-love has an impact on every other center in some way, shape or form. Um, and so everything comes down to, do I love myself, right? And what does that mean? And in the um, next gate, the next gate that the, the planet Mars will go to anyway, is going to be the gate uh, 58 down here at the root center. And then the gate 58 is known as the gate of joy. So we go from self-love, we go to joy. And it's not just plain old joy, like an emotional excitement or emotional joyfulness. This is the joy that we feel when we're moving outward into the world, sharing of ourselves and our gifts and our talents with people and learning more and more and mastering more and more about ourselves. So self-mastery in this, um, about our craft. So with the work that we do also in this. So we move from self-love into joy and mastery. And then we move up to the gate of struggle. And the gate of struggle is interesting because, you know, we always say in human design that we're designed to struggle, but we are not designed to suffer. There's a gate of struggle, but there is no gate of suffering. So the struggle is all about finding meaning. So if we're struggling, let's say in a job that we don't necessarily like, we're not finding the meaning in our lives, right? So we are struggling with a decision, perhaps the pressure building up because this is a pressure center and the pressure to change what we're doing or to move in a new direction is very powerful in this gate. So struggle is about choosing your battles wisely, deciding what is the most important thing to struggle through to get to where you want to go, to get to the true authentic expression of who you are. And then the next gate is the gate of ambition or drive also here on the pressure center called the root center, which by the way, in the um, highest and best, the, the root center is about the evolution, right? Of who we are, evolution, how we are evolving our consciousness through the things that we do or through the path that we live in our, the different paths, the various paths that we live in our life. And the gate 54 being a gate of ambition or drive pushes us out into the world and pushes us out in a way that we can embark on a spiritual journey. It's the opening gate to our spiritual journey. It's the opening gate to our creating an authentic path in our profession or our career. It is the gate that pressures us to go out and succeed in life, whatever that definition is for you personally. It might be your, your idea of success might be raising a family or doing a, a specific job or helping others. It doesn't really matter, but the gate 54 pressures us to go out and to seek enlightenment or to seek mastery in something. So the gate 54 is a Capricorn gate as well. Now from the gate 54 of ambition and drive, we move up to the head center at the gate 61, the gate that's sometimes called inner truth. Sometimes it's the gate of awe and wonder. And sometimes it is some, uh, sometimes we call it a gate of, um, of magical realism, where we get this idea that in the gate 61, um, a part of the pathway of our life is about finding what's our inner truth, right? <laughs> Not not necessarily what's true for others. And remember the head center, because this is the very top center. 
it is open uh, to it's it's partly above. You can see just barely here in the picture, this little yellow thing is above the head and also in the head. So part of it is attracting experiences and ideas and inspiration and pressure for answering questions that aren't even our own. They're coming in from this sort of radar dish or uh, uh, antenna that we have that attracts in ideas and inspiration and so forth. And where it comes into contact with the gate 61, we go through a process of, of finding our inner truth, not living from somebody else's inner truth. And sometimes the question that we're pressured to answer here is why, right? Like the two-year-old, why is that? Why is that? Why that? And um, the, the answer to the question why is a pressure that because it doesn't necessarily have an answer or it doesn't have an answer that is going to be the same for everyone, right? That answer is going to be based on your own inner truth. So in a way here in this gate, in Capricorn energy, we're, we're kind of uh, tasked with finding our own why, right? Our own why. And then the final gate that uh, will happen for Capricorn is down here in, again, the root center, and it, it's the gate 60. We talked a lot about this gate last week, the gate of limitations and boundaries. It is really, I, I really want to take this word and change it and just make it the gate of sustainability or the gate of, I, I think in quantum human design, we call it now the gate of, of conservative, of conservation, conservation, because it, it is a gate that causes us to marshal all of our energies, bring them together, focus them, you know, you got to rein them in somehow, right? You've got to, if you're going to have an idea of something that you want to build or something that you want to do or something you want to create, you have to sort of marshal your energies together to have the goals and the steps that you're going to take in order to move forward, right? So the gate of limitation, while that sounds terribly limiting, <laughs> um, is really all about our being able to bring this energy to a focus point, right? Now, um, Mars at the gate 10 will be here from today until, actually, he was there on the 22nd. Um, all the way through the 29th. So pretty much through the gate or through the end of the month. And then he will be at the gate 58, the gate of joy and mastery. So you can kind of see right now the focus for Mars energy, which is, you know, remember that Mars himself is a planet of ambition and drive and sort of strategic action. And when Mars is in Capricorn, he's what we say in astrology is exalted and exalted because it matches Capricorn's drive for success, uh, for goal orientation uh, and the patience it takes to complete the goals or the tasks to get to where you wanna be. Um, so it confers, it, Mars in Capricorn confers focus and determination on each of us. So Mars and Capricorn, I think is really awesome right, to have uh, this uh, ability to sort of tame all of those imaginations, all of those ideas, the inspiration that's been triggered by uh, Aquarius energy, and to be able to bring it into practical realization um, in the sign of Capricorn. Now, Mercury is also in Capricorn, only he's been there. He's at the other end of Capricorn, so he's moving backward into the sign. So he's going to start first at the gate of limitation. 
and the gate of limitation uh, until January 29th. And the gate of limitation here with Mars is about thoughts and ideas coming down to earth, right? To gain clarity. And then it's sort of the ability that we have to be rational and stepwise or methodical in our thinking and in deliberate in our in our action taking and also in our speech and in the way that we are thinking through let's say a problem or what have you and that then he will move to the gate 61 up here into the head center and he will trigger our ideas and inspiration once more but still in capricorn so in our inner truth how do we bring our inner truth into reality how do we ground it into uh, our reality now mercury's retrograde so it does swing things a little bit differently here um in in a, uh, a retrograde situation this might be our letting go of thoughts and ideas that have become stale or outworn or have uh, been overused or the things that just have been holding us back so we have a keen opportunity then to start to release ourselves from anything that stands in the way of our getting to the goals that we want to reach. But also I want you to think about this. It all starts with the goals. <laughs> if you don't have the goal, and I, I, I'm not someone who sets a lot of like permanent goals or, um, uh, I, but I have, I carry these sort of ideas and these pulses that I want to work through. And maybe the opportunity we have is rather than carrying these things up in our heads is to bring them into sort of a written format so that you can see them. So now you can bring another sense into the picture, right? Senses are important, right? The, the vision, the feeling, the being able to sort of connect with the hearing of what does it sound like to have this in your life? So um, maybe it's a time period for us to, if you're carrying all of that up in your head and not really seeing it on paper, maybe it's time to bring it into a vision state. And that might mean creating a vision board. Maybe it's just writing it out, uh, whatever that means for you. I like to do mind maps, which means I'm creating little bubbles and then connecting them to other ideas with lines. So whatever your system is that you use, this is a time to be able to do all of that. And then we can't ignore Pluto. Pluto has been in Capricorn for a long time, right? Since 2008, I believe it was. And um, right now he is sitting at the gate 60 as well down here, the limitation, the gate of boundaries, the gate of focus uh, on what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. And Pluto is a planet of power and of uh, struggle to transform or change so in order to change what this is about is bringing it into context bringing it into focus and remember a lot of that uh, a lot of our outer world with pluto and saturn's conjunction back in january of 2020 so two years ago these two planets conjuncted and started a sort of destruction of systems and institutions in our uh, reality and at this point we are in the rebuild phase right? Well, if you're going to rebuild something, do you really want to rebuild it back the way it was? No, 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 right? The way it was, it wouldn't have collapsed if it was good the way it was. So Pluto is really giving us this opportunity to transform what was into a more sustainable, 
um, future, right? Something that will stand the test of time and something that will stand the test of, of the struggle energy that Pluto can bring to any place that he's at. And uh, stop sharing my screen to see if you all have questions. So right now with all of that Capricorn focus, what do you want to build, right? What do you want to build? What, uh, what foundations or structures do you need to bring in in order to sustain the things that you want to build, right? Or the, the pro the, so it might be programs. It could be a literal building. Um, it could be a life. It could be a relationship. It could be a better health all of these things, um, but you have to have an interesting forward sort of energy connected here. We can't go backwards, right? This is, this is an important thing to remember because a lot of the um, slogans that people have adopted, um, at least here in this country, so you guys in other countries will have to let us know, are often wanting to pull us backwards. So we had uh, what was it, Biden's plan, build back better. We can't build back, right? We have to build forward. And then there was the whole make America great again. Well, we can't go backwards to what America was before because it's not going to ever happen. We have to look at where we are, what changes need to be made so that we can go forward, right? Saturn moved forward into Aquarius. Jupiter moved forward, not only through Aquarius, but now into Pisces. So we have forward moving planets that sometimes go retrograde to help us, you know, see better with the things that we need to fix from the past. And then they move forward again. So anything that is our looking backwards can only be so far as we can see what it was that we, that, that wasn't sustainable or that didn't stand the test of time so that the next steps are about grounding in what does stand the test of time. I hope that makes sense to everybody because we have a tendency to want to go backwards. And um, the need is to look backwards for um, wisdom and to take the wisdom then and bring it forward and then move in a new direction. So hopefully that helps everybody. Uh, good morning, Corey. Natasha, as I walk the circle of life, I find a balance of a healthy I helps us be a better, healthy we. Not better, she said, helps us be a healthy we. And uh, let's see. Hey, oh, JLo. Okay. Uh, any questions about any of that? Uh, if so, let me know. Questions about Capricorn, even if it's a question about Capricorn in your own chart. What house it's in is going to tell you where this rebuilding or this um, new strategic methodical you needs to take uh, and do some work. And the house that it's in is the area of your life, right? So, and because there's so much focus in one sign, it's going to be a focus in one house in your own personal life. So JLo says like learning a recipe and making it better for the future, right? Exactly. Uh, Sunny Smiles, it's awesome to see you. Good morning to all. Janet, that was an excellent point of view. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. And I enjoy sharing charts. I hope you guys enjoy seeing uh, them. I actually printed this one out this morning. And when you do print it, it prints out a lot bigger than what I can really show it on the screen in order for you all to see it. So, you know, print yours out. If you go to Genetic Matrix, um, which is where I get these kinds of charts, you can do that right? You can get your own mandala. And if you don't know how to do that, let me know. And I can certainly help you figure that part out. 
Uh, Alana, good morning. Capricorn in your midheaven. Ah, so likely then, Alana, you must have Aries on the rise to have Capricorn on the 10th. And the 10th house is the house of authority, of your authenticity. It also represents our career and our profession. So it's more of the worldly you. So how you put yourself out into the world and then how the world sees you, right? Or how the world interacts with who you are has very Capricornian overtones. So a lot of focus for you right now is on building a career or maybe rebuilding a career or establishing a new baseline of what you want to be in that career. You might find yourself focusing on uh, the work world more, which might need to then pull you back to balance home life and work life. So those might be some of the things that you're working through. But I would say now with Mars moving through your 10th house, a lot of energy and uh, forward momentum is coming to your being able to build more, find more mastery even in your career or your profession. And a lot of that depends on how old you are too. Um, you know, where you are in your Saturn cycle, where you are in your Jupiter cycle, all of that comes home to roost as well as any planets that you have by birth in Capricorn, right? So we, we've got to look at that. So there's a bigger picture. Uh, I like to give you just the, the bigger general picture here, but to make it mean more to you personally, take a look at those planets that might be in the 10th house or take a look at where Saturn is because Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn. And in the absence of any planets in Capricorn for you, look to Saturn. And Saturn is transiting through Aquarius right now, the sign next door. So where what house is that? It would be the 11th house. So maybe the focus for you for career and profession and your worldly self has a lot to do with your ability to dream, right? To envision, to, to really make yourself sit down on your rear end, and envision, or maybe walk, you could walk and envision too, uh, what it is that your vision is for, or your dream, or your hopes, goals, aspirations, right? So you got to tap into those things. Um, Pam Zaruba, 11th, both South Nodes, red and black. So the South Node is, so the 11th, 11th house, I'm guessing, and the South Node in the 11th house in Capricorn. So for you, that's going to be a South. So, a, so I think automatically, I think Pam of a lifetime, a previous lifetime where a major goal or dream didn't complete. And so the South node in Capricorn in this lifetime, bringing that back up and in the 11th house, it's all about the vision or the dream, but also it is a house of humanitarianism. It is also a house of the networks of people. So your friends and your your associates and the people, your community, right? It's a community feel, it's a humanitarian feel, but it is also the part of the chart where we have a dream and we are creating from first a dream, right? A goal or hope or an aspiration. So taking that dream, bringing it into concrete or uh, practical earthliness, and then taking action from that part. So uh, Alana says, yes, things coming up at work. There you have it. Um, J-Lo, conscious eighth house, Capricorn. Uh, also having my 10-5 core wound there, much to learn there in the second. And I have been working on it since 2020. Yeah, 
So a lot of the second and eighth house issues have to do with money, earning power, um, you utilizing resources in a, in this case, a very conservative sort of way, but without becoming over conservative, where we're tapping into fear about scarcity or anything like that. And it also is a call for you to align with your values and to live from your self-worth and not from uh, somebody else's idea of your value or your self-worth. So definitely a lot of work there. And I can see that with the core wound at the gate 10, it's a wound around loving yourself. So we're, you're working through that. Um, the core wound, um, changes in the pearl sequence if you're and this is gene keys talk now for some of you who are wondering what the heck is she talking about so it becomes something very important uh to the sequence that follows the relationship sequence in that that's how we find our prosperity and our abundance is when we begin working through the pearl sequence so there you go um anybody else have a question about that I don't see that. So while people are considering whether they have questions or not, let's move on to the moon for today. And where we start the week with the moon is in the sign of Libra. So Libra is a sign, of course, of relationships. It's ruled by Venus. So our relationships now are being sort of, uh, 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 what's the word, are being affected by Venus in retrograde in Capricorn. So we have a connection here. So we're trying to build relationships, right? But we need to build them based on things that are uh, in alignment with our own self, our own self-love exactly. Like um, when, when you're in a relationship and somebody's trying to change you to be more like them, that isn't really true love. That's conditional love, not even unconditional love. So looking at our relationships, but later today, the moon will at 2.10 PM, my time. So 5.10 PM, for those of you on the East coast, will move into the void. So she's actually finishing today, her transit through Libra. And when she, she'll be in the void until 7.58 PM, West coast time, 10.58 PM, East coast time. And then she'll move into Scorpio. So we'll, we'll begin our day tomorrow with the moon in Scorpio and Scorpio is a sign that is ruled by Mars and Pluto, co-rulers, right? Co-rulers. So we have a lot of, of uh, issues around power when the moon is in Scorpio and secrets, right? Secrets being uh, coming up to the surface. Remember in the astrology for 2022 uh, webinar, we talked about secrets and the need to be transparent but the warning to not be overly transparent, like we don't have TMI, what we say TMI, too much information, like we don't have to go to the nth degree. And sometimes it's best to hold back parts of yourself. But the part that um, you need to be transparent is when you get to the interface with someone else to be the real you, right? So secrets, awareness of other needs, others' needs and their motivations, something important for us to learn here. Um, the moon in Scorpio rules psychology and politics and is a very charismatic placement for the moon, right? Where we can sort of convince others, seducing others, even in some cases to do the things that we want them to do. It can be manipulation, right? Manipulation in the negative empowerment can be manipulating people uh, to gain power 
instead of being uh, uplifting in uh, helping people to gain power. The uh, moon in Scorpio is also about transformation and transcendence. And this is where we are out with the old baggage and leaving room for something new. And it's about change. Transformation is all about change. It is going through the death and rebirth process. You could say it's going through a restoration process, right? What is restoration? Well, usually that is uh, preceded by some kind of destruction, right? Or the, the, the awareness that something has gotten old or worn and uh, the possibility is to restore it, right? So restore it. Also forgiveness. Forgiveness is also a restorative. Forgiveness is a huge theme as we move on through the next 18 months. Forgiving ourselves, forgiving others. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what you did to me was, was okay. It's really just suspending the judgment of the things that we're seeing that are going on in our lives. Suspending judgment on ourselves for making mistakes or uh, suspending judgment on others who are also in a learning process here on the planet, making mistakes, right? Forgiving and moving forward. Uh, Scorpio is one of the best signs to have around you in a crisis. They're very able to handle crises. They are sometimes the generators of crises though as well, uh, as they are very willing to take risks to gain power. So power plays, right? Move, you know, risking everything to move ahead is a problem here. Um, obsessions and compulsions, uh, Scorpio, one of the signs where that can become a part of the uh, crisis. And there's also a certain intensity, a certain passion that comes up with Scorpio energy. And so passion is maybe the high frequency where intensity may be the, on the lower end of the frequency scale. But I, I don't want to make intensity sort of a bad expression either because, you know, intense focus is maybe what's needed in order to move forward in your life. So, you know, intensity, inappropriate intens intensity uh, that can, you know, kind of border obsession or compulsion, not so good. Intensity where I'm really into my passion and the expression of my passion could be really good. <laughs> um, there's a sense sometimes too with the moon in Scorpio of living on the edge, feeling like I can take on the world and daring myself to do it. Self-mastery is maybe the highest order of energy that Scorpio brings to us. When we are working with the energies of good versus evil, uh, we're, so there's a, a sense of duality here with the good and evil, the win or lose kind of energies, the death or birth energies. So moving through and seeing that those are opposite sides of the same coin, um, strength called for in this sign, self-discipline, commitment, commitment, interesting, committing to the right things, committing to the correct things for you and depth going into the deeper end of the pool, right? Not just the three foot depth, uh, but diving into the eight foot where the water is, you're in over your head. And what do I learn when I'm in that deep end of the pool? Um, also uh, Scorpio energy all around the bonding principle. So sex, soulmate energy, um, emotional connection, in, you know, intimacy energy, um, absorption in one another or in oneself. And as well, uh, Scorpio is the natural ruler of the eighth house in the Zodiac wheel. So we have money, 
that comes into play here. This is where we have shared resources. So money that you receive from um, other sources other than what you've earned yourself. So it can be, you know, a spouse's income. It can be loans or debt that is also a, a part of this house or this uh, sign. Um, taxes, grants. Funny because we're starting to get all the W-2s and the forms coming from the banks and what have you to get prepared to do your taxes. Wills and inheritances, also a part of this. And as well, the contracts that we build and the business world can sometimes be a part of the Scorpio experience. There's also the shadow energies here. And the shadow energy is about the misuse of power and the ways that we can misuse power through revenge or through jealousy and possessiveness or power struggles between individuals who are jockeying for position, right? Or um, abandonment issues, guilt, suspicion. Uh, these are all some of the more uh, shadow uh, expressions of uh, the Scorpio, moon in Scorpio especially. And you can guarantee that while the moon is in Scorpio, we have a lot of emotion, deep emotions, right? That can come up to the surface that um, gives us an opportunity to move through some of the things that we don't want to look at sometimes. Taboos are also a part of Scorpio energy. So what are the taboos, right? That The things that we, you know, don't want to look at back here. Um, so interesting time, right? Interesting things. Uh, okay, so um, woohoo, J-Lo says, I have three daughters and one grandson, son, also one granddaughter with a Scorpio moon. I am one lucky soul. I have four Scorpio grandchildren. I have a Taurus daughter and a Taurus granddaughter. So we have this kind of opposition, right? The Taurus and Scorpio are opposite signs going on in my family. Very familiar with Scorpio energy. <laughs> um, all right, let's draw us a card for the week ahead. And while I'm getting uh, prepared to do that, let me just uh, remind everybody that this Wednesday, uh, the 26th, I will be on air uh, with Heather Scott, the author of Gentle on You. And we're going to have a conversation around self-love and self-nurturing and especially good for women. Although you gents out there who might want to join us, it's about you as well. Because I think sometimes, you know, we women are having this conversation about self-nurturing. And I think sometimes the masculine energy is not hasn't gone there yet in that kind of capacity to really look at uh, how nurturing is uh, a part uh, of their lives. So male or female, masculine or feminine, on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about how to be gentle with yourself and how to self-nurture. And that will be with Heather Scott, 8 a.m., our usual time right here. Uh, I will put that uh, broadcast up today so you can uh, be prepared for that. And let's see what the Mayans are bringing us for the energy of the week. And we get organic balance, uh, which is the number six. And in the Mayan um, number system, the bar represented the five and the dots were ones. So we have five and a one, which brings us to six. So organic balance in the number six. So let's take a look at what that might mean for our week ahead. Organic balance emerges from who you are in all dimensions. The stars, too, have roots. The qualities of the number, receptivity, ability to respond, 
dynamic equilibrium, roots in many dimensions, fluidity. Six is the ray of organic balance, the dynamic equilibrium of the foundation of self combined with the one point of unity. Organic balance is, is an active process, not a static or fixed state. Drawing this card indicates that wherever you have become static or fixed, be willing to look at balance with the larger picture in mind. Balance is rooted in the totality of who you are. Let your receptive roots run deep, grounding your ability to respond in this world. Bring your essence self into your present expression. Aliveness is derived from essence. You are the unity that creates organic balance. You are free to choose, respond, give, and receive. Six asks you to respond to life with love, to bring heaven to earth through your embodiment of the six-pointed star. I love that. Uh, as you are infused with the vibration of heaven, heaven is brought to earth. As you journey homeward, earth is brought to heaven. Thus is created organic balance, heaven and earth in symbiotic union. I think that's pretty awesome. Goes right along with our week, I think. The number six. All right, so we have that. And then I want to pull an animal card. You know me and the spirit animals. Gotta love them. And... Let's see what our spirit animal will be for the week. Last week, we got turtle twice. Once at the beginning of the week, or did we get it at the end of the week before? So turtle showed up in our reality twice. We must have needed to hear that lesson. And today we get coyote upside down. Coyote. Is she beautiful there? Coyote says, trust in divine detours. Trust in divine detours. It is the card number 16. So it is a seven. So it has a spiritual nature. And upside down in protection mode, so something we must watch out for. So let's see what we need to learn from Coyote. And Coyote, in fact, whenever I think about Mercury in retrograde, I think about Coyote because Coyote brings the unexpected, sort of a trickster character in most of the Pacific Northwest um, mythologies and maybe even the Southwest. I'm not sure about the Southwest mythologies as much as I am about the Pacific Northwest, uh, but he often plays a trickster character. So he brings something to light perhaps that you've missed. And here he says, sometimes a goal is so enticing and alluring that you lose your footing in the pursuit. You begin to fixate on capturing this prize, whether it be an opportunity you have always wanted, a relationship with that elusive someone, or the promise of that big break. Coyote Spirit warned you that this trickster energy seducing you now will yield nothing but disappointment and unnecessary heartache if you let yourself be fooled. Great Spirit wants the best for you. So when your plans go topsy-turvy, know that Coyote Spirit is present to protect and bless you. Listen to her gentle warning not to take the world too seriously or become too attached to the form and timing of your desire. Something better is beckoning. If you learn your lesson and lighten your heart, it will not be long before you see that crooked, though the path may have been, you were on the right path all along. That's another great reminder for us, Coyote Spirit. All right, so Coyote and balance and harmony are kind of our keywords then for the week. All right, thank you all. Uh, it's been great being with you this morning. I will see you on Wednesday with Heather Scott uh, talking about the book, um, taking care of oneself gentle on you and take care everybody much love bye for now